Hey everybody, this is Theresephine Millies and you're listening to Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Today we are hanging out with the devil. So the first thing they know about the devil is that he's not real. He's an illusion. He exists as a counterpart to God. And God also isn't real. No, God is not real. I say that a little bit quieter because I don't want to make anybody mad. But I hope that most people don't think God is real. There is no ancient white guy with a long beard in the sky granting wishes. It's symbolism. There is something there and it's symbolic. God symbolizes a father, divine and good, infallible, omnipresent, that will never leave you. What this means, though, is that in order to have something exist in your mind that is that pure, you have to have something to compare it to. Otherwise, how could you verify its goodness? And that's where we get the devil. He's 100% bad. He's dark. He's evil. He's depraved. The least godlike thing ever that could ever be which swings us right back to duality, which is simple. This and that are opposite of each other. But even more than that, there is no God without his counterpart. The devil card is the 15th card in the majors, right between temperance and the tower. It's very similar in design to the lover's card, which lots of people have noticed, but I'm just going to dog ear it for another day because we haven't talked about the lover's card yet. I've said over and over that I did not grow up religious, so a lot of Christianity deeply confuses me, and I've always been curious about it because religion is really, 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 really interesting. So I googled, is Satan and the devil the same person? And I landed on a site called gotquestions.com with the tagline, your questions, biblical answers. First, it says that yes, the devil is another name for Satan. Lucifer is another name that's used, but this isn't really from the Bible. Lucifer comes from a poem called Paradise Lost, which was written in 1667 by John Milton, who was a Puritan. The name Lucifer is in the Bible. He's called the Morning Star, the Day Star, and the Shining One. This website says that scholars are divided on whether or not Lucifer is a proper name or it isn't. But what's clear is that nowhere in the Bible says Lucifer is Satan. The evidence is in the similarity of each of the characters. And those are, they both fell from heaven. They were both cast down to earth. They both destroyed nations, tried to take God's throne, and wanted to be the most high, but were relegated to the pit. It's pretty specific character type. So I'm going to say that likely, yes, the devil equals Satan equals Lucifer. It's also possible that his angel name was Lucifer and he's called Satan after his fall. But moving on, who is this guy? Turns out he was a cherub. You know who else is a cherub? Cupid. Can you imagine the devil on Valentine's cards? Cherubs are one of the highest angels. They're highly regarded. They're beautiful. They're intelligent. Well, Lucifer thought that he was hot shit and figured why shouldn't he be on the throne? And it was his, it was that pride and that arrogance that attributed to his fall. There's some deadly sin parallels there that I like. So God fired him. He was cast out, ended up ruler of this world, and prince of the power of the air, which I read multiple times, and it's just, that's just a wonderful sentence. Prince of the power of the air. I don't know what it means, 
but it's great. Satan is an accuser, a tempter, a deceiver. His name means the adversary, and the devil means slanderer. As the ruler of our world, he's still trying to take over God's throne. He figures he's going to do this by keeping humans from God. He's the source of all cults and all other world religions. Apparently, he's still able to transform himself into being of light, which he uses to deceive us into thinking that he is good. It's suddenly making a lot of sense to me about why Christians can't see any other religion as valid and why New Age and metaphysical practitioners freak them out so much. So I'm still on this site. I'm all over this site. It says that Satan is a being. He's basically a person. If you guys saw Dogma, when uh, Loki and Bartleby weren't angels anymore, they became human. That's what popped in my head. He has emotions. He makes decisions. He has free will. So he is not at all equal to God. He does not rule hell. Another tidbit that I didn't know. Hell was created to punish him and his demons. He doesn't even live there, though. In the book of Job, the sons of God presented themselves to the Lord, and Satan showed up too. God was like, Satan, where did you come from? And Satan says, I've just been wandering around earth. So earth is where he actually lives. He's not omnipresent like God, but he kind of manages a horde of demons that he uses to tempt and deceive people away from God. He also works to nullify the word of God and blind the intellect of unbelievers so that they cannot understand scripture. Satan is also called the God of our age because he lives on earth and has dominion over our systems, which I guess is why Christians look forward to heaven so much, so that they're in God's dominion instead of the devil's dominion, even though God hasn't bothered to get rid of him and lets him just have earth. There's so many plot holes. Okay, let me get off of this site and go over to Wikipedia's Satanism entry. If you ask me, I will say I'm an atheist. If you press me, I will tell you that I'm a Satanist. The Church of Satan was founded in 1966 by Anton LaVey. He published the Satanic Bible in 1969. LaVey basically taught that we should be enjoying our lives on this plane of physical existence, that we are just animals in an amoral world. He said the ideal Satanist rejected conformity and was very individualistic. LaVey used Christianity as a negative mirror. LaVey and Satanists believe that Christianity is a lie that promotes idealism, self-hatred, herd mentality, and irrationality. Irrationality. He encourages materialism, ego, lust, atheism, and social Darwinism. And the key here, the key, the key, ding, 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 to Satanism is that practitioners do not worship Satan because they do not believe that he exists because they do not believe that God exists. They see Satan as an archetype. The adversary represents pride, enlightenment, and a universe that motivates us by a dark force that permeates nature and is the drive for survival. The devil is embraced as a symbol of defiance. They believe that God was created by man instead of the other way around. Satan represents personal liberty, the choice to live for yourself and make your own choices. LaVey's got problematic stuff. He's the first guy that made a book saying this is what Satanism is. Before that, it was just a theory. He made it into a theatrical event. So next, we'll move on to the modern Satanic temple. 
which isn't the same thing as the Church of Satan. It's two totally different things. The temple is an activist organization, and they focus on separation of church and state. They also do not believe in Satan. want that to be clear, but he is used because he is the eternal rebel against arbitrary authority and social norms. I love the theatrics of LaVey and the politics of the temple. I'm going to read to you the seven fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. It's really important to me that people understand that this is not an evil organization. Number one, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. Five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Six, people are fallible. If one makes mistakes, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Seven, every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Now, do those tenants sound like devil worshipers having black mass, making baby sacrifices, listening to Ozzy Osbourne and playing D&D in the basement? Or maybe the satanic panic was just a way to keep us from seeing what the priests were actually really in real life doing to children. I am just saying, maybe. And I do realize that we are a bit into this podcast and I should probably be ending it right now, but let's look at the cards. The first card is the Aquarius. The Aquarius in this case is slightly different from the Waitsmith. The Aquarius has the animal-like devil figure with horns and bat wings and claws for legs whose hands are very similar to the magician and the hierophant one up one down this is simply magically as above so below he has bat wings on his back bat wings are um, one of the creepy halloween creatures they live inside of the earth they are of the earth of the pentacles and as we learned 10 minutes ago the earth is the realm of the devil it's um desire it's it's like base tendencies it's feeling it's like in the shit his face is ambivalent he's not excited he's not angry he's not anything he's looking directly at us he has ram horns which remind me of the god pan the pentagram over his head is at the point of the crown chakra so his entire being is the pentagram it's magic and earth again he has two people trapped a man and a woman they are both chained to his little like stand that he's standing on the chain around their neck is the same size as their head you can see this more clearly in the weightsmith than the aquarius but the chains are just hanging they're really big the female has a tail that looks like grapes and the man has a tail that looks animal, but it also looks kind of like fire. So he is, um, 
he is action and fire and she is growth and fertility. In the Aquarius, they're standing in water, which we know means emotion. A body of water like that means sort of being inside of an emotion. You are completely grounded in what is the chaos of a feeling. I've learned through the Queen of Cups card that water is feeling and intuition. So having a deep feeling is like having deep intuition. And the water isn't like stepping over a stream. They are in it. There's no ending in sight. It feels like they're going through something. Our two people both have horns, which means that they are sort of Stockholm syndromed to the devil. They're sort of his family. They're part of him. He's part of them. In the Aquarius, the background is purple. In the Rider Waite, he doesn't have the water, so the entire background is black. And black in the Rider Waite means unknown, and purple in the Aquarius means unknown. So this is a state of being, is like being caught in unknown and in your feelings. They're also naked. The people are naked, so they're vulnerable. In the Morgan Greer, we have the face of the devil with a red circle a pentagram, a candle, horns, and a fly. So fly reminds me of Lord of the Flies, which is like the descriptor name of Beelzebub. And Beelzebub is another name for the devil. The animal is a goat. Goats symbolize, again, Pan, which Wikipedia says is a Greek god of the wild, of shepherds, of flocks, rustic music, and a companion of the nymphs. So he's a goat that plays a song on his flute and hangs out with nymph. The colors in the card feel important. They're black, green, and red. Behind the face of the goat is red, and that's power. This deep red, it's not aggression or lust. It's just pure power. It means that he has skills and he has a method and a way of doing things that makes him powerful. The green is heart. So behind the power is heart. So he is led by his emotions and by what he wants. The mythic is the god Pan. He is a goat creature, but he looks like a man on top and a goat on the bottom. He's playing his flute and he has his two humans dancing on strings like, uh, like dog leashes. In the wild unknown, we have a goat with a pentagram on his head and he has hooves that are engulfed in flames. One of the things that we didn't spend any time on is hell. Hell was created to contain the devil, but the devil lives on earth. So hell is where people go that haven't lived a godly life or weren't Christian and they're punished there forever. So it's a trial. If you don't do a good enough job, you go to hell. And it's eternity, but um, on earth, if you're in hell, it means you're going through something. The flames on his feet mean that he's walking through something that is hard and horrible. The pentagram on his head means that his mind is focused on the world and material and, um, you know, the things that happen within our realm, the pentacles, materialism and money, and he's not taking care of himself in ways that he should. In the line strider, we have two people, a man and a woman, that are bound together with rope. They're both naked, so they're vulnerable. The head of the ram is now a skeleton, so that signifies death, and it's also just scarier. 
it's in the shape of a pentagram over it. So it's like the subliminal influence of the devil instead of an overt creature that's has you on a string. The people are bound together in pain. So this feels like a codependency, something that isn't easy to get out of. And they're sort of overlapped. So it's like not being able to see where you end and they begin. The Holly Simple has a devil. He is all red. He is um, crying. He has a pentagram over his forehead. He has horns. Between his horns, he has what looks like, and reminds me of her moon card. So that is the darkness that happens during the moon card. When I did that podcast, I realized that the moon is a journey through darkness and the devil is a tribulation. The Luna Souls devil has so much symbolism in it. He's um, standing the same way as the devil in the Waitsmith. He has a human face and torso. He has horns. He has uh, a furry leg. He has furry legs and furry arms, and he has sort of crow-like claws. He's in a forest, and there's trees that are holding up two people. One of them is holding coins, and the other one is holding a sword. So this makes me feel like this devil is holding dominion in this place over these people who won't let go of their swords and their coins and their cups and all of the things Wait, there's cups, there's swords, there's coins, and the wands are the trees. So this is, it's got all of the pieces of the tarot in it, which is super interesting. But it feels like this devil is holding this space that's wooded, that is um, sort of the land of Pan. And the people, if they would let go of their stuff that's in their hands, they would be able to untie themselves and run away. The thing that really sticks out to me after looking at each individual card is that each card has a different feeling. They're different devils and they are doing different things. We have the classic devil that is holding people against their will in a place that is his. We have a card that makes you feel like codependency. We have a card that makes me think that it means that you're going through something. The mythic feels like there's something that has ill wishes towards you that are forcing you to do something or treating you badly. Like this guy is making you dance and humiliating you. They're all just a little bit different. And the devil is one of my favorite cards because the, the mythology within religions is something that I find super interesting. But it's also because I think that he's extremely misunderstood. He's not an evil adversary. He's a creature that's telling you that you would be okay by yourself and you would be able to figure it out. When I was pulling the devil card six years ago, I saw it for months before I quit drinking. The devil traditionally means bondage and addiction. It's about being trapped and not being able to see a way out. Because you're blinded by your earthly things that you're attached to. But if you look, if you were able to put those things down, and if you're able to look, you can undo yourself. You can just lift the trains over your head. I realize 
that addiction is not a small problem. It's not like I'm saying you can simply fix it all by yourself. I'm saying that the addiction clouds your vision and your codependency on another person, that thing that you think you can never get rid of, how you really hate your job, but you have to keep it because you need money. It keeps you from doing things that would expand your soul and expand who you are as a person because we live on earth and that's the way that it works. Being made to be vulnerable and imprisoned by the most feared demon ever is a really big deal. The devil is an intense card. And although I do think that using Satan as a metaphor for defiance and breaking away from conformity is totally valid, I think that's really what Lucifer represents. This card is extremely deeply tied to my own addiction that I just can't see it in any other way. But I am beginning to. It's always going to be a deep body response for me, and it's always going to be extremely situational. And it's always going to be which card from which deck I pull. The devil card is about being in a place that sucks. It's about addiction. It's about codependency. It's about not being able to see away from it. It's a tribulation. But don't forget that the devil is not as strong as God. He's just something that was made up to make you think that there is something that horrible. He's just a guy and he lives on earth and he's really not that much more powerful than you are. You can take him and you can win. That is my devil card. Please, please hit me up and tell me how I'm wrong. I want to talk to somebody about these cards and I want to get excited about it and I want to get into it. You can find me on Instagram as Ninth Arcana Podcast. You can find my art page as Queen of Marigold. Send me a message wherever and let's talk about these cards. You can also find me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and iHeartRadio. New episodes come out every single Friday. Next Friday, we are going to do the Page of Pentacles. Thank you all so much for listening to my thing. I hope you have a good week. Now you should go pull some cards. Okay. Love you. Bye. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced, and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millings. Thank you for listening.